This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5 Minute News. Trump slams global climate agreement Biden intends to rejoin. New data suggests schools are not spreading COVID-19. And Amnesty warns of human rights crisis in US due to delayed transition. It's Monday, November 23. I'm Anthony Davis. Donald Trump rallied against the Paris Climate Accord on Sunday, telling world leaders at a virtual summit that the agreement was designed to cripple the US economy, not save the planet. To protect American workers, I withdrew the United States from the unfair and one-sided Paris Climate Accord, a very unfair act for the United States, Trump said in a video statement from the White House to the Group of 20 summit hosted by Saudi Arabia. His comments came during a discussion among the world's largest economies on safeguarding the earth. President-elect Joe Biden, who takes office in January, has said he will rejoin the global pact that the US helped forge five years ago. Trump contended the international accord was not designed to save the environment. It was designed to kill the American economy. It is not clear whether Trump has even read the Paris Climate Accord. Trump, who has worked to undo most of President Barack Obama's efforts to fight climate change, said that since withdrawing from the climate agreement, the US has reduced carbon emissions more than any nation. That is true, but it's not that remarkable. With its giant economy, the US has far more raw emissions of climate-damaging carbon dioxide to cut than any other country except China. A more telling measure of progress in various countries is to look at what percentage of emissions a country has cut. Since 2005, the United States hasn't been even in the top 10 in percentage of greenhouse gas emission reductions. More than 180 nations have ratified the accord, which aims to keep the increase in average temperatures worldwide well below 2 degrees Celsius, and ideally no more than 1.5 degrees, compared with pre-industrial levels. Scientists say that any rise beyond 2 degrees Celsius could have a devastating impact on large parts of the world, raising sea levels, stoking tropical storms, and worsening droughts and floods. The U.S. formally exited the Paris Pact on November 4th. On Saturday, the U.S. formally left the Open Skies Treaty, which permits 30-plus nations to conduct unarmed observation flights over each other's territory. Those overflights were set up decades ago to promote trust and avert conflict. During the discussions at the climate session, President Xi Jinping of China, the world's largest emitter, said the G20 should continue to take the lead in tackling climate change and push for the full implementation of the Paris Accord. 
As COVID-19 surges nationwide, the debate over school reopening has intensified. On one side are arguments that schools are not a major source of spread. On the other are schools with significant rates of infection. In response, many districts are delaying plans to bring back their students. On Wednesday, New York City announced that the nation's largest district, one of the first to open for in-person instruction, would join the ranks of cities closing their public schools. But as the country grapples with how to educate children while also curbing the coronavirus, the emphasis on transmission in schools may be misplaced. The best available data suggests that infection rates in schools simply mirror the prevalence of COVID-19 in the surrounding community, and that addressing community spread is where our efforts should be focused. At one level, this finding is intuitive, but its implications have been largely overlooked. Part of the challenge is a seeming disconnect between the claim that schools aren't superspreaders and the objective fact that some people tested at schools are found to have COVID-19. Understanding why these two realities can coexist first requires understanding how we measure cases in schools. Several states maintain school-level data dashboards that provide information on infections among students and staff who attend in-person school. Virus transmissions that took place in schools are not separated from infections that occurred elsewhere at a friend's house, at church, but were simply detected in schools. So reports of cases among students and staff should not, in themselves, lead us to believing that attending school is a source of spread. In an unprecedented move by a human rights organization in relation to a US presidential election, Amnesty International issued a warning about the stagnated political transition in the country and the dire impact it's having on the COVID-19 pandemic. Two weeks after the US election, Donald Trump has not conceded his loss to President-elect Joe Biden, a reality that Amnesty now sees as having an effect on the spread of coronavirus and has described it as a human rights crisis. The COVID-19 pandemic is a human rights crisis on an unprecedented scale. The US government's response to the pandemic has laid bare systemic disparities that have long undermined our human rights, including those to life and health, said Bob Goodfellow, Amnesty International's USA Interim Executive Director. President Trump's rejection of the results of the 2020 election and refusal to cooperate with President-elect Biden's team will effectively cost even more lives and worsen this human rights crisis. Amnesty, which has historically assigned most of its election warnings to non-democratic societies across the world, is calling on the Trump administration to respect its human rights obligations. We call on President Trump and his administration to fulfill their human rights obligations under international law and cooperate with President-elect Biden to protect the rights to health and to life, the statement read. Mr Biden sharpened his attack on Mr Trump on Tuesday, saying that stalling the transition would sabotage the coronavirus response and cause more deaths. On Twitter, Mr Trump continues to falsely claim that he won the election and has asked for credit for the discovery of a vaccine. A federal judge on Saturday dismissed a lawsuit critical to Donald Trump's long-shot bid to overturn his November 3rd election loss, calling his legal claim a Frankenstein's monster. 
U.S. District Judge Matthew Brann in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, described the case as strained legal arguments without merit and speculative accusations. Further attempts to thwart the certification of the election have failed in courts in Georgia, Michigan and Arizona. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app, ask your smart speaker, or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate, and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health, and climate, delivering independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.